Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? That's a little swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 95 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports entertainment and everything in between, and part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. At Woody Sports 716, go follow everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, taking over at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts, of course. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? I said, Witty Nation, what you doing tonight? We have better takes and jokes than Nick Wright in your AirPods, your car. From a speaker, we just might talk in bills, OTAs, Josh Allen, Diggs and Gabe. We're talking bills, Von Miller, Elon Poyer, and Tremaine, Matt Milano. Matt Greco, how are you well tonight? Done. Very well done, sir. Very well done. Huh. I don't know what song that was, but it was very well done. Oh, really? Oh, okay. That is to OAR's Crazy Game of Poker. Really? Wow. A song you're familiar with? Yes. Uh, yeah. OAR was a big, uh, I think they're from Ohio. So they were a big Ohio State uh, oh, yeah. jam band. Oh, of course. I think they were a big every college band, jam, jam band in our era of going to college. <laughs> I and Matt, I thought of you tonight and your oh, time thank Ohio, you. Uh huh. And your time at Ohio State when I was watching the January 6th hearings and the footage featured some of the rioters in Ohio State jackets and ponchos. <laughs> well, um, I have no comment. <laughs> you can, I mean, I was relieved when I saw it because it came in a scene directly after seeing a guy in a Bills jacket. And I said, uh-oh, guy in a uh, Bills jacket, not a good look. And then the very next scene, they showed a couple of people in Ohio State ponchos. And I said, oh, okay. A lot of organizations are represented here. This is a little bit better now. That's right. A lot of organizations are represented. A lot um, of organizations are represented. Speaking of uh, problematic things, Tony, I'm just going to come out and say it because I think the listeners want to hear it. But I just want to say right off the bat, get it out in the open. This podcast is an, an anti-Live Golf podcast. Therefore, we will not be talking about Live Golf in the Live Golf Tour in any capacity. For those who are wondering, which is nobody. So just want to get it out there. Get it on the record. We are anti-Live Golf. <laughs> strongly strong anti-live golf strongly strong anti-live golf tony 95th episode we're uh we're creeping up on triple digits here it's the kyle williams episode i was just gonna say 95 oh, the quintessential One 95 the, uh, the quintessential 95 yes gotta be next to go on the wall of fame right that's always the hot Ooh. button topic when it comes to kyle williams well when it comes to kyle williams i there, there's no when doubt it comes to deserves. who should go yeah 
Oh, okay. There's no doubt he deserves to be on the wall. Is he next? I could think of some people that predate Kyle Williams that belong on the wall in my mind. Interesting. Eric you Moulds. I can think of was Eric Moulds. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see Eric Moulds um, on the wall. As you might imagine, there's no more deserved than the face of the franchise of the 2000s, Mr. Brian Mormon. McKenzie? Ooh, interesting. Of the 2000s. Could we get a punter on the wall of fame? Took a long time for a punter to get in the Hall of Fame. That's true. A really long time. That's true. Will the but Bills keep in mind, buck the trend. Keep in mind that wall is coming down soon. <laughs> that wall is so, coming down soon. Why the hell not? Do you think they just hold off on adding anyone to the wall until the new stadium is built? Until the new wall. I can see that. Until the new wall is built. Uh, yeah, I could. I could kind of see that too. Seems like a hassle yeah, I, for a very short-term satisfaction. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. They don't want to deal with the, the cost of that if they're just going right. to take it down two years later. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, very interesting. I, that. I, I, I feel like that Kyle Williams should be the next to go up on the wall for just his dedication alone to the organization during a time when players didn't really want to come here unless they were overpaid, weren't excited about being here. Kyle Williams stuck it out through and through. After his first contract, he didn't say, I'm, I'm out of here. This franchise is going nowhere. I'm going to a contender. He stuck it out. So I think that alone jumps him up to the top of the list in terms of who should go next on the Hall of Fame to me. So you think that it should purely be measured on deservedness, I guess, dedication, and not so much time. Well, the like time's it, there like you, too, and the yeah, resume's like, there like, too. I mean, he made Pro Bowls, and oh, for sure. But I mean, like, it's you think that it shouldn't go in order? I guess, like, in chronological order. Like to me, Absolutely I'm like, okay, no. there's there's a minimum standard of where you are. Like, if you're above the line that you deserve to go on the wall, then logic might state that it would then go in order chronologically and the dominoes would fall. You're just like, I don't care if the likes of Eric Molds or whoever deserves to be on the wall i just want kyle williams to be the next one because he's the most deserving yeah yeah i don't put any kind of chronological order hmm. right. to my argument i just who's the most deserving like the hall of fame's not chronological in any way right it's just who deserves well, to no. get into the hall of fame no but in a sense it kind of is in the sense that it's there's the five-year yeah, rule their legacy Oh, no. Well, legacy is different. Legacy is different. But I mean, oh, okay. there's like the five year rule. The list of first ballot Hall of Famers is long. And so then because of the five year rule, it's like, all right, well, then there's the first ballot Hall of Famers and they're going in at their five years when that threshold peaks. And mm -hmm. I guess that's maybe how I kind of approach the wall of like there's first quote unquote ballot wall people. So I don't know if there's a five year rule or, or what the year rule is if one exists. So I just kind of maybe, maybe assume it would end up going in that direction like the Hall of Fame does. Go in order. So Matt, so Matt, I'll say this. I'm going to name a player. You tell me if you think they belong on the wall. Okay. This is a fun game. Okay. Yeah, go for it. All right, let's play. Let's play. I'm going to make it up as I go. Eric Mould. Yes. Although I don't, I still don't like the fact that he did not reach 100 or 10,000. That'd be amazing. 10,000. 100,000? Yeah. Okay. Fred <laughs> Jackson. Yes. That's, a t I, I would say no. Wow. <laughs> do you think Fred should go? Yes, I do. I, I think With by the time, hmm, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say by the time like Fred is up for consideration, if you want to look at it, like we're looking at the Hall of Fame. Oh, I think he's up for consideration right now. It's been a while. Well, I know, but I think in terms of the pecking order, like it, I think it's Kyle oh, okay. Williams. I think it's Eric Moulds. I even think it's Brian Mormon. You got you mentioned him before. Yes. Um, yes. 
and then and then we're kind of getting into Fred Jackson level of players. But mm, okay, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, give me another one. Mm-hmm. Lee Evan. No, big no. Big do you no. think a yes? Do you, no. do you have even an, an iota of a yes? No, no, I don't. Okay, good. Okay. I think he's fine. I'm like, he's fine. He's been, he, like, he gave his career to the Bills in the sense sure. that many others did. But, you know, he was, he was fine. Sure. I'll give you one. Aaron Schobel. See, I was going to say Aaron Schobel, but I thought he was already on it. No, absolutely oh, not. Oh, he's not? No. Oh, then I'm okay with no. Okay. But I could also, I'm okay with no. I could, also, I could also be okay with yes. If it happened, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't start a whole thing. I wouldn't tweet out against it. But I, if I was like on the committee, I'd be like, Aaron Schobel we can do better right circling back to lee evans for a second i quickly pulled up his stats only had two years over a thousand yards so i mean that's not oh, that was that not all his fault <laughs> no definitely not definitely i would not, argue but huh? i mean he, he didn't even come close any of the other years he was here he had a couple 800s in there two 800s a 700 slowly slowly started to dwindle Aaron Schobel, I don't even know. Is, there, is Aaron Schobel like the cutoff here? Well, I can't think of like any other players who would even be considered. I was trying to think if there's a defensive back. Because don't you feel like we always had good defensive backs, but none of them are like career guys. I almost right. want to say like, Ter- like, if- like Ter- Terrence McGee. Terrence McGee. Yeah, uh-huh. I would be all for that because Terrence McGee is one of my favorites. Right. I would say if like Jairus Bird had like a long career here, he would yeah. probably be yeah a good he consideration. Like, what, two, but he, two contracts here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if it was that. Was it? I thought I kind of thought it was, but I don't know. Well, he went to the Saints and just flamed out. Yeah. No, he only had he only had one contract here. Really? I felt like he was here forever. That's very surprising. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Did they trade him in thirteen? Is that what I'm looking at here? I think that's what I'm looking at here. Mm. Interesting. Chris Kelsey. <laughs> Chris Kelsey crossed my mind. So so sometimes I think of no, the sense that he's a wall, wall of, of shame fame. guy. Well, sometimes I think of the wall of fame is is this like a high school wall of fame as you go like, you know, outside the gym and there's pictures of people that were just like long tenured coaches and stuff. Right. And like those people are on that wall of fame purely because of the time they dedicated purely because they did something for a long period of time they could they could have a losing record they could have done Mm -hmm. nothing but they're on the wall of fame because they gave their career to that institution so sometimes i think if a bill's wall of fame is it maybe more like that than we think it is is it just really about giving your career to the institution I mean, in some cases, it, like, you know, Ed Abramowski is on the wall of fame. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the most people had heard of him up until that moment. <laughs> it's the first I heard of him. That's right. for sure. So that, yeah, I mean, so that's what I mean. Like, I think to a certain well, extent, like there's Tom also, Sestak, isn't he on the wall? Tom Sestak, I think so. I think I, as my eyes wander about the stadium, I feel like I do see Tom Sestak. Yeah. Tom Sestak's name yeah. in black and white in black. Black and white and black, yes. I was also yeah, trying to think of like an I, O-lineman. There's got to be an O-lineman. Oh, well, Ruben Brown would be the obvious choice here. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Ruben Brown. Do you, you Ruben Brown, yes or no? I would say yes. I would also say yes. But I feel like when it comes to offensive linemen, 
their success is predicated on the success of both the team and more importantly, the quarterback. So like Ken Hall is recognized as a very good offensive lineman because I think the offense was very good. Jim Kelly was very good and had a lot of weapons, mm-hmm. Thurman and Andre. And like if that offense was bad, I don't think Ken Hall would get the recognition that he does, even though he's a very good player still. So I think Ruben's biggest downfall is that he was just on terrible teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for, for his whole career. So yeah, he made a lot of Pro Bowls, but I think that was during a time when it was just kind of if you made a Pro Bowl, you were kind of just you were a given for the next year and the next year and the next year until you, you really didn't deserve to be there. It was kind right. of just a given. And they didn't really calculate like pancakes and protections analytics or whatever they do now. So I do think Ruben is at an advantage because he's still part of the community, still part of the city, still here, not in an Alex Carrington way but he's still here in a good way. So I think he has that going for him. Oh, well, yeah. When you're talking about Alex Carrington, it's shots. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, I think that pads Ruben's resume a little. So I think if anybody offensive lineman goes on, it's gotta be Ruben, but I think that's it. I think that's it until we get to whenever this era is eligible past their retirement. (laughs) Josh. McDermott. So I have one more for you. It's an outside of the okay. box one. Stevie? No. Okay. Jim Overdorf. I would say no because I don't even know where to start in terms of a conversation about Jim Overdorf. <laughs> you know, there have been some good with Jim Overdorf. Okay. I mean, I'm only saying this. Enlighten us about Jim Overdorf. Well, he's still there and the team is good. So, I mean, you know, so yes, the, yeah. but I think Jim Overdorf is an example of kind of like what I was saying about the legendary high school coaches, like just dedicated your career to, to, to the institution and was a guy who went through bad regimes, went through good regimes, mm-hmm. some better than others. So you're saying Russ Brandon will not be on the wall anytime soon. Well, I got to tell you, I'm a no for Russ Brandon on the wall. Okay. Strong, strong. Take. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's Forgive me if my takes are too hot. Uh, I don't think I'll be disagreeing (laughs) with you there. (laughs) Tony, good Wall of Fame talk. Speaking of Wall of Fames, let's talk about Bill's player items, food endorsement Wall of Fame. Let's do our own Wall of Fame for company or brand or a commercial or an item that Bill's players have either endorsed or been a part of in some capacity. Josh's Jacks, of course, is top of mind. Let's continue our draft season back up in hashtag draft season SZN. And uh, let's let's take a walk down memory lane and pick some Bill's products or endorsements or commercials that come to the top of our minds when we look back here. I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, because I think my first pick, I don't even know if I can separate these, but any endorsement OJ Simpson had during his career. <laughs> any endorsement. They're all they're all so good. I I mean, if if you ask me to name my top three out of anybody, OJ Simpson's endorsements might be one, two, and three. So I'm just gonna group them all as number <laughs> one here. If you Google search OJ Simpson commercial, you will find a multitude of choices to laugh at. He has a commercial for Hertz and an advertisement for Dingo Cowboy Boots. Oh, I love Dingo Cowboy a- Boots. Oh, do you? Okay, good. I'm glad. So does OJ. Sure. That's one. Yeah, that's one right. thing you and OJ have in common. <laughs> that's one of a few. If the boot fits. During this next five. <laughs> during this next five minutes, let's count how many things you and OJ have in common. <laughs> okay. Over under. Over under three and a half. Cowboy boots and 
tree sweet orange juice. Of course, OJ has to have an orange juice endorsement. But the thing is with these endorsements, it's how they relate to OJ's life post <laughs> his career. These companies wish they had the foresight. They would probably not be having OJ as their company spokesperson. Starting with the Hertz commercial, such quotes in the commercial as, quote, the best reason yet why Hertz beats the rush hour. Way ahead of its time, Hertz. Also, OJ spurts out, Hurts so you can get away fast. So, okay. Good for Hurts. The Dingo Cowboy Boots ad is very interesting for A, the reason that OJ has a third leg in the advertisement for some reason. I don't know why. I'm being completely literal here, not being metaphorical in any way with the third leg stuff. There's a literal third leg. OJ has one leg up, hand on his knee, <laughs> as if it's like one leg's on a stool. And there's literally like a third leg behind him. The other leg's obviously straight on the ground. <laughs> but the quote I go to for the dingo ad is the way I see it, the Western look is for everybody. Tony, is the Western look for everyone? No, not Paul them off not pulling them off it's for OJ's pulling it's I think if there's one thing we found about OJ is that he thinks he can pull off a lot more than he can it's very true that's I mean that's kind of his life mantra yeah or stabs for the stars I guess whatever Uh, (laughs) oh okay okay well going there (laughs) finally uh the tree sweet orange juice commercial has OJ teaching kids life lessons on a basketball court I don't know why it's a basketball court not a football field but OJ's a man of multiple talents as we know so I loved him in those naked gun movies he was really good in those naked gun movies actually yeah I I, I can't dispute that well no that was actually also a quote from Dana Carvey in one of his old specials uh doing an impression of George H.W. Bush saying, oh, O.J.'s in trouble. Well, I sure liked him in those naked gun movies. Or no, it was Bill Clinton. It would have been Bill Clinton talking about O.J. Dana Carvey, very underrated. That's um, a actor, performer. I would say so, yeah. I mean, he, he did it his own way. So he kind of chose like when he was in and when he was out of the spotlight. That's true. Even today, if he's on like a talk show, I'll, I'll tune in. Mm-hmm. I was like good Dana Carvey. Oh, I, I, I definitely enjoy tuning in if he's on a talk show. Absolutely. But they kind of um, on talk shows, they kind of treat him like a like a trained monkey. Like it kind of yeah, just do your impressions. conversation. Yeah. Kind of just because a conversation to set him up doing his impressions. And it's yeah, kind of like, absolutely. all right, just like, yeah. I'm like, eh, all right. That's the weird funny, thing yeah. is, like, I can tolerate that with Dana Carvey because I like Dana Carvey and I think mm-hmm. he's very funny and charismatic. They do the same thing with Frank Caliendo when he's on shows. Oh, yeah. They're just setting him up to do impressions like John Madden and whatever. And I'm just like, right. this is terrible. But they do the same thing <laughs> with Carvey. And I'm like, this is great. So yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> but my first pick, OJ Simpson and his his multi-commercial feats, if you will, advertisement feats. Tony, mm-hmm. who's your first pick? So my first pick, uh, let's see. How many, how many rounds are we doing here? Three. Okay. I want to make sure I get to what I get to here. My list is lengthy. Okay. Really? With my first pick, I'm picking this because I believe it merits a first round grade. I'm going with Bruce Smith, Nike commercials, the bad things commercials like it for Nike. I think it was a big time commercial that many of us remember, but then to look back, it was also, it was definitely a testament of the time of <laughs> clips between Bruce Smith lighting quarterbacks up and a weird referee who was clearly not in an official referee uniform, who is way, way too out of shape to be a real referee, just sneaking into the locker room and smelling Bruce Smith's shoes. <laughs> and I think in 
Yeah, in 2022, you can describe that commercial, and it seems pretty perverted. <laughs> it's like he what? walks in the locker room, smells <laughs> Bruce's cleat. It's almost like a psychic reading, you know, tarot cards or whatever. It's like right. I know what Bruce right. is going to do just by smelling his cleats. Yes, it's but he did that. That's Bruce Smith, bad thing. Really, I just, I mean, to me, the best part of the commercial is the title, bad thing. Yeah, bad thing. Well, smelling like, bad things is a cleat. great title. Well, yeah, it's a bad thing. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, is that referee Bruce Campbell, by the way? Is he referee, is referee Bruce, Bruce Campbell, Campbell from, like, from like Evil um, Dead? Oh, I, I don't condescend me. I, I know Bruce Campbell. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let me take a look at this. Is that? I want to say no, but I can see where you're coming from. It looks eerily similar to him. I feel like it's also tough to see Bruce Campbell not in his Evil Dead garb. So it's like, would I even recognize him? I kind of think it's not. But you're wondering. I'm I'm wondering. Yeah, we'll look into it. We'll get back to you next week, listeners. Yeah, great commercial. I don't think it is. Um, Because listening listening to his voice, I'm like, that's not Bruce Campbell's voice. When he says, ah, bad bad things, man. All right, he's an actor. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We'll never know. We'll never know. Really, Bruce Smith in his in his heyday there. I mean, he had that commercial. He had his little Giants cameo. Mm-hmm. The early '90s were good for Bruce. I almost wrote that down on my list. Was Bruce Smith with a product placement for Intimidation in Little Giants? <laughs> classic movie. Classic Bruce Smith moment. Tony, my second pick. Oh, I got a lot of them here. Just because it's so odd of a thing for a player to endorse or put their name on i'm gonna go with the jim kelly my fan clip paper clips why i feel like (laughs) i feel like my mom must have bought the heck out of those things yeah i don't understand the appeal of them i don't understand why jim kelly felt the need to I mean, it was a fundraiser thing, so I get, I get that, I, I get that. But mm-hmm. I guess I just don't understand why it had to be paper clips. <laughs> why couldn't it be anything else? You also try to pedal it off as like this is like the next great fundraising item. <laughs> On the back of the packaging, it says, "With so many schools, little leagues, and clubs looking to raise money, my fan clip." is a great new option for a fundraiser. (laughs) And and then this is the line that really gets me. The next one here. We've tried it. It works. It's awesome. (laughs) It's a paperclip. (laughs) Of course you tried it and it works. It cannot not work. It's a paper. It has to work. Yeah, but but it's awesome. How many many times you pick up the paperclip and say, wow, this paperclip's awesome? Well, you would with Jim Kelly's paperclips. It's a wild ride here in the paperclip world and Jim Kelly's my fan clips. So yeah, that's got to be my number two pick just for how enthusiastic Jim Kelly makes paperclips seem. He goes 110% on everything he does. Except when it's joining the bills when he gets dressed. <laughs> well, I suppose so. <laughs> then he only goes 10%, 100% less. All right. My next pick. Here we go. Hmm. What do you got, Tony? The problem is there's so many endorsements I don't want to leave on the table. Okay. Okay. With the second pick in our Buffalo Bills endorsement draft, mm-hmm. Tony Ambrose selects endorsing Lucky Baby. I'm drafting Lucky Baby. Lucky Baby? I, I don't even know about this one. What's Lucky oh, Baby? Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? I think that this is the quintessential go-to, in my mind, commercial that the Bills produce of the Russ Brandon era, like of selling season tickets for a losing team. And it's an interview with a fan who, it's actually an interview with a multitude of fans. And it's a fan who brought his baby to the game 
is sitting in the corner in the rock pile and uh, the baby and he's describing his game experience of he holds up his baby his baby gets on the jumbotron the next play the bill scored a touchdown and then someone shouts it was because that baby and then the whole section starts chanting lucky baby lucky baby and then he holds up his lucky baby again i don't know any of this you don't remember this baby this was this was an incredibly over, overplayed commercial. And it was like him. And it was, I don't know the names of the other fans, but like they're fans that we know. They're fans that we've seen around. Elvis might be in there. I think Elvis is interviewed uh, as part of it. Not lucky. <laughs> um, yeah. Describing the lucky baby situation. And uh, that's a com- the lucky baby commercial is a commercial that I always remember that is in my hand. Just chant this notion of we're chanting lucky baby. So I just felt in my heart of hearts that I had to draft lucky baby because when it comes to any any kind of commercial the Bills produce, I'm like, oh, well, that's that's lucky baby. It's not as good as lucky baby. It's not as good as lucky. Um, right. You're right. It is not I as va- good as lucky I baby. I vaguely remember this story. I'm going to text it to you right now. Did they keep going back to the baby on the Jumbotron throughout that? <laughs> Well, he's theme. the he's the lucky baby. So I think they went back at least once or twice. Right. I feel like I remember the dad doing a talking head thing and saying every time something bad was happening or or the opposing team was driving, the jumbotron would like shoot to him and he would hold up the baby and <laughs> something good would happen or something. I think. I feel yeah. Like I, I mean, I, yes. I think that that's like the. I think that's the narrative that they were trying to promote is that the baby is existentially in control of the Bills' fate and we have to keep yes. showing the baby. And the entire stadium and Bill's Mafia as a whole is entirely on board and fully understanding the divine power of this baby. The lucky baby. Good, good, good number two pick. I don't know how I can top a a lucky baby, but I'm going to try with my third and final choice. Oh, it's a tough one. I think I'm going to have to go with the Marvel Evie Snickers commercial. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good commercial. And the fact that it features the Bills, it's a bad commercial because I think it's a slight jab at the fact that the Bills could never win a Super Bowl. Like Marv is trying to come up with this game plan about, you know, winning and he's we're gonna do we're gonna stay here till we we figure out whatever it takes to win. And I'm guessing it's referring to a Super Bowl because then the the Snickers voiceover comes over and it's like, you're going to be here a long time. Grab a Snickers. <laughs> We're, are we going to be here a long time to win a Super Bowl? I think that's like the reading between the lines that I get from oh, watching I, it. I always took it that way. Yeah. So I didn't like it, but I did think it was very clever, very witty. And we always appreciate that around these parts, of course. And it was nice to see the Buffalo Bills in a such a well-known brand as Snickers. Shout out Snickers. If we're going to solicit a second sponsorship and continue that from last week, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, Thurman, the whole the whole gang was there. So uh, Marvel Levy Snickers commercial, my third choice. Great pick. Tony, who is a great your... commercial we all remember. Yep. Okay. Who is your uh, third and final pick? So my third and final pick, I have to say, I feel like I'm a sellout for picking this because there are right. so many good commercials and endorsements and important commercials and endorsements on my list. But uh, I have to take it back to what I believe would be 2013. And it would be when the Bills slash Rochester won the opportunity to have a Super Bowl commercial for Pepsi produced surrounding their team. And I remember this was like a big deal. It was like a vote. It was a vote that we were pushing for. It was my first year living here in Rochester after having moved from Buffalo. And it was my first year living in the city. And I remember we had won. And so I was ready and excited and raring to go. I was willing to go. 
I remember I rode my bike downtown and it was on East Ave between the buildings. And what Pepsi did for this event was unbelievable. It was super fun. It was Rex Ryan introducing himself to us. He got a gigantic cheer. Not super fun. Not to, well, at the time, you know, we were living in ignorance. So that right. was super fun. Then mayor at the time, lovely Warren came up there. She had been mayor for about a month, got gigantic set of booze. And as we learned later on, was probably deserved after a couple of turns from her. It was a whirlwind down there. The walls of the skyscrapers had all these like spotlights and projections going on them. There were pyrotechnics everywhere. Pepsi, an unlimited supply as far as I could see. If you wanted Pepsi, all you had to do was, you know, move your hand an inch. You were getting you were getting more Pepsi than you could handle. Music, live music, live entertainment, other stuff going on around there. It was super fun. And then it became a big competition amongst everyone in the crowd, you know, to follow the swooping crane camera as it went over so that you could try and get in the commercial and be on sure. TV during the Super Bowl. And I don't know if anyone was on TV or I don't know of anyone that actually made it because it was so commercial itself was just so quick or whatever, but just the ordeal of it was fun. So I have to go with the Pepsi Super Bowl experience. I guess Rex Ryan is the person. It was a heck of a night. It was super fun. Nice. Glad you had a great time. I did. You, glad you can recall those fun memories. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, a couple honorable mentions I had. Uh, you can go down the list of from the gamut of cereals, Josh's Jacks, Tio's, Foodie Flakes, Mario's. Yep. I have, have all those. for all of them still. Yep. Steve Christie's Kickers, Pork Sausage. Nice mm. little frozen treat there. And finally, I don't think anybody's ever given as big of an endorsement to Applebee's as Marshawn Lynch did. It's not really a commercial, so I don't really know if it counts, but as soon as Marshawn said he loved Applebee's, I was there getting a two for 20 the next day. So the power of Marshawn in, in Buffalo. Those are some of my honorable mentions. Tony, do you have a couple you can rattle off? I have some Doug Flutie work. You said Flutie Flakes. Also, his work in the uh, Nugitex G commercials. He's always like on the golf course with other old football players right i have jim kelly for a nuprin pain reliever no i don't know i don't that's not a commercial i remember but really i found it and what i really want to say is there was a promotional video that about with von miller uh that was produced two months ago uh to help promote morbius so the von miller morbius commercial morbin time that's fantastic yes yes when they do the next power rangers movie they should have jared leto easily endorse it by saying it's morbid time yes (laughs) cross yeah it's a cross promotional thing i have what i think was the definitive endorsement commercial of the era fred jackson waved the green flag oh yeah he was that's 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 a local treasure yeah Right. Well, yeah, that's a local treasure for sure. And I wave the green flag as a result. Uh, I have Josh Allen's 1.5 seconds in the original Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. And as kind of a reach, I was saying he wasn't on the bills at the time, but if I needed to pull it out, I was going to go with Marshall Lynch and Skittles. It's not really yeah, ours, yes. though. That's really more of like a Seattle thing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you there, too. Which is weird he never pulled out the Skittles here. Only did it Very when weird. he joined the Seahawks. Very weird. Right. Because you know Bill's Mafia would have been all over that. Oh, I think so too. The same way that we all are flossing now. Skittles, Skittles of- jungle juice at the tailgate. Tony, that is a wrap-up of our Bills player endorsements draft. Uh, listeners, will put our list on Twitter. Give us your thoughts, your favorite ones. But let's grab a Snickers, throw it to Mar with his sultry voice, and uh, ready to talk some Bills? Always, baby. Always, Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go, Bills, 
life fills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony Bill's news this week. OTAs is wrapping up. Last week, we got a heavy dose of the offense. Ken Dorsey available to the media, as we discussed. This week was more focused on the defense. Leslie Frazier having a press conference. They talked a lot about their communication with Jordan Poyer. And of course, as we know, while these are voluntary OTAs, mandatory OTAs are starting up very quickly here. And that's when the fun starts with the Jordan Poyer saga, in my mind. Uh, Leslie Frazier did mention he has been texting back and forth with Poyer, uh, whatever that means. Sounds like Poyer wants to be here. It sounds like the Bills want him here. Whether the dollars and cents match from both sides is still to be determined. But the fact that they're keeping communication with him and vice versa, he's keeping the communication with them. I, th- I think that's a good sign. It's not like a Le'Veon Bell situation where he just detaches himself from the organization completely. So I think that makes me hopeful. But we're getting to crunch time, Tony. I think we're getting to your breaking point of like, as you mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, when it stopped being voluntary, that's when that's when the real world occurs. When people stop being polite and start getting real, right? Right. Uh, How do you feel about <clears throat> Jordan Poyer? Are you, uh, are you getting to that breaking point yet? No, I won't be at that breaking point until July 23rd. That is my breaking point. Until they have to report to Fisher? Correct. If Jordan Poyer does not report to Fisher, then that is when I will start to breathe differently about the situation. But until then, I'm not worried about it. And I think that, like you said, I don't get the vibe from the moves Jordan Poyer is making, which granted, I don't trust Jordan Poyer to necessarily make the most sensible moves. But I do think that based on the moves he's making, it seems like he is trying to make a statement, toe the line, but he's not trying to break off. Like, I don't think he's trying to say, I'm out here for the most money possible. And if you're not going to give that to me, then another team is going to give that to me. And that's what I care about. He's out here saying, I'm out here for the most money possible from the Buffalo Bills. And I consider myself a bill and that's where I'm at, but I also deserve, you know, some respect as a, as an employee, as a worker, as a player. And I think that he would respect himself in that role enough to be there in training camp. He's in a sense made a statement uh, and he continues to make it, but I don't know. He's a team guy too. Yeah. I think it's all about respect. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think that's well, well said. I think he wants to be paid fairly. He wants to be paid what he thinks he deserves, but I think he wants it to be, with the Buffalo Bills. And I say that because I get the same feeling I did with Isaiah McKenzie. And obviously it's a different level of, of player. It's a different level of financial commitment. But when Isaiah McKenzie was a free agent, he was still doing things prior to signing with the Bills around the local community. He was at autograph signings. He was doing hot ones with Gabe Davis and labeled as a member of the Buffalo Bills. He was, even though he didn't have a contract, the Bills, it, Still felt like he was he was ingratiating himself to to the Bills culture and it's sticking around the community and just seemed like he didn't want to leave Buffalo. And of course, he signs and the dialogue kind of mirrors that in terms of sounds like he didn't want to leave Buffalo and he likes it here and whatever. So I get the same vibes with Poyer doing lectures at a local college. He's doing events locally. It just seems like if you were to disconnect, if you were really upset about the situation, if you were really feeling disrespected about how the team is treating you, I feel like you would cut it off not only from the team, but the community and 
So if the inevitable does happen or and he does leave the team, it's not as painful, I guess. The connective tissue is broken. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting that same feeling like he's doing lectures and he's still part of this community. It still feels like he's around in, in some way. So I, I think it's only a matter of time at this point. I, I'm, I'm not very worried about the situation at, at this point in time. I, I think they get it done before training camp starts at Fisher. So I think that's all I have to say. Do you, I mean, we've, we've do you think that's what it is? I mean, do you think it, the deal has to get done for him to come back to practice or, or do you, or do you think that there's a world that exists? There's a scenario that exists where for lack of a better term, I guess that Jordan Poyer breaks. Yeah. I and mean, he, and he comes in. I think the former more likely plays out. Okay. I think he doesn't show up until he gets a new contract. I, okay. I, I would say differently pre drew Rosenhaus. Interesting. Now that Drew Rosenhaus is is his agent, I think he, Drew Rosenhaus obviously is a shark. He swam with sharks, labels himself as a shark. So I think he's going to play hardball with the Bills. I don't know if it's necessarily going to come from Poyer. I think if it was any other situation with Poyer and his old agent or whatever, I think Poyer would play it out because he's still under contract with the Bills, as we all know, right? I mean, he's just looking to be paid fairly or what he thinks he deserves. So that that's my stance. If it wasn't the Drew Rosenhaus factor in play here, I think he would be in, in camp despite a, a new contract or not. But now that Rosenhaus is in play, I think he's going to play, I don't want to say hard to get, but I think he's going to play a little hardball here. Okay. Okay. Sure. The Drew Rosenhaus spice in this medley is definitely a piece of this for sure. Good point. Good point. Also, Leslie Frazier, for some unbeknownst reason to me, (laughs) I don't know who asked it, what media member asked it, but we're still talking about 13 seconds. Like, do we need to keep reliving that and keep trying to pry for answers in terms of what happened? I've moved on, Tony. Why hasn't anyone else? Uh, I would say emotionally, I've moved on as well. The people who didn't have an emotional piece to it, I think, are the ones left that want to talk about it because they just remember it and think of it like Charles Barkley at the match. Like he just remembers it as one of the greatest games he ever watched. And so like, that's what he remembers. And that's what he's going to want to talk about. But to a lot of us are like, it's not time. It's not time to talk about this like that. When we talk to our grand, I, I agree kids about it that's when we can talk about it again i just don't need to to hear it anymore <laughs> right it's a new season it's a new season what's done is done cool. move on media and finally he talked a lot about obviously his re leslie frazier that has talked a lot about his revamped defensive line tony besides von miller give me like the one player you are most excited to see could be a new addition could be a guy in last year's roster who you think is going to make a jump. Who's like the one guy on the defensive line, not named Von Miller, who you are most excited to see this year. I, I'm going to say I'm the most excited to see the jump that at out that I predict at Oliver will make. And is jump the right word? I think maybe, I, maybe I'll say a year of full consistency. Whereas I think we mm-hmm. saw at Oliver make a bit of a jump last year. And now I think he's kind of, you know, made a name for himself. And now I'll be looking this year to be like, okay, this is like now at Oliver is for real. And what does that mean for opposing defenses? What does that mean for our scheme? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing because because I think it's going to be fun. And I think that at Oliver is really going to show up. I think this is this is where I want to see at Oliver become like we would say with Von Miller, like who's going to be the guy? 
you know, or in free agency in general, like who's going to be the guy, who's that leader, who's going to step up when it comes time. And when there's, you know, not to say like this, but to say like this, like when there's 13 seconds left and you need to close this thing out, who's going to, who's your guy, who's stepping up, who's getting the ball, who's, who's that person on the defense It's Von Miller now, but was it good? But I, I want it to be at Oliver. Like in my mind, that's why we drafted at Oliver was to be that guy, was to say a crazy athleticism kind of guy. Can he be in the light that Aaron Donald's in? This is what we're hoping for a best case scenario. Where does it all fall? So I'm looking forward to seeing what Ed Oliver does this year, uh, especially when things are coming down to it with his contract. You know, will he get have that added motivation? Will he do what do what some players do in that respect in terms of having yeah, like I think a really good season? I think that's a big factor is the money motivation. I'd- I think so too. He's, yeah. He's going to be lit on fire trying to try to get that next contract, try to get the most money mm-hmm. he can out of the next contract. I like that pick. Uh, I would go with Greg Russo. I think he flashed last year. Obviously, I think he came out of the gate super hot, but I, I, I think he had a rookie wall and he hit it hard, which is fine. But he, he still showed signs of even through the, the, the slump portion of his season. And I'm talking like primarily post that Kansas City game because that's where I think he really peaked. And then it was kind of steadily downhill from from there. He had his moments, but not as impactful. I just think that guy has a year under his belt. He's beefed up, put on some muscle, NFL training and regimen. Under the tutelage of uh, Von Miller, you know, he has a little speed. He has a couple pass rushing moves. He's very good in run support or you know, holding the edge. Mm-hmm. I think Greg Russo is going to be, if he doesn't get eight to 10 sacks this year, I'll be shocked. I, wow. I think he's Big gonna, statement. Okay. Think, yeah. I think he's going to take a huge jump this year. I think he, he can be special if, if all the cards line up correctly and all the pieces fall into place, like he could be special. He flashed at times last year, that ability, if he puts it together this year, it, it could be fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I mean, the defense is, is revamped, uh, on the defensive line behind them. We're looking at pretty much the same as we had. And obviously, we're assuming Jordan Poyer's back in the fold, but it sounds like Kyrie Elam, based on what Leslie Frazier said, is going to step right in and make an impact. And um, that's not surprising. First round pick, obviously, and McDermott and company with first round picks typically throw them right into the fire. So I'm interested to see what Kyrie Elam gives us this year. But that's all I had from Leslie Frazier. Very well spoken, I want to say. Leslie Frazier is. He's a pro. He's a veteran. He's a pro. And I'm surprised he just doesn't have a head coaching job at this point. He's a he's a very good coach. He obviously has been around the game a while and comes off very well. So that's all I had to say about Leslie Frazier in the defense, unless you had to say anything else. Nope. Nope. Moving on. Um, oh, speaking of press conferences, uh, a lot of Tavon Austin hype this week. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. Like way too much for a guy who is 32 years old, has never really put it together in the NFL. He's out there. Was it today or yesterday? I remember his quote is saying, and it was in reference to his injuries and not living up to being the eighth pick in 2013. (laughs) By the way, he was quoted as saying, it wasn't my time. Like, okay, the past 12 years weren't your time. And now it is like, there's, there's way too much Tavon Austin hype going on right now, in my opinion. He's getting a lot of attention and I kind of don't understand it. I kind of thought this was going to, I thought this was going to be a scenario where we went to camp and someone was like, Oh, who's 80. I don't even know what his number is. Who's 89 again. And so I'd be like, Oh, it's Tavon Austin. Like, Oh yeah. I forgot Tavon Austin's on the team. Cause like, that's a right. name that I know. 
that's but just, just that should as, be how it plays out yeah right but it's you know like really i mean he's just as accomplished as like there are people with a lot less name recognition who have accomplished more i would right. say and so no i don't know why i don't know where all this is coming from i think that he's, it's an uphill battle for him to make the team i think that there's a lot of people on the team that a lot of bills fans have rarely or never heard of who have better chances to make the team i don't know where all this is coming from i don't i don't get it i don't get it's it very odd i don't i don't know yeah. if it's just like we're sick of talking about josh allen and Diggs and who are the we? norms of we're not maybe the media is maybe they're just looking for any different kind of story See, because there's a, someone you know there's not a lot of turnover that you know this roster is very consistent year after year so you right. gotta know what you're getting from these guys you've told their stories already but you know maybe Tavon Austin's the flavor of the week and you want to tell his story and it's just something I don't know but I'm with you it's like way too much for a guy who should just be a flash in the pan is probably the eighth receiver on the depth chart at this point mm-hmm. um who's 32 years old has never really put it together and he's out here saying like it it, it wasn't my time like it's not gonna be your time now I hope it is. I hope it's good for the Bills. I hope one Bills drive has a, a magic pixie dust they sprinkle over you and you become the West Virginia team on Austin, who's you know one of the best college players ever, most dynamic at least. You know, I, I hope that comes back in, in 12 years later or whatever it is at this point. So he also said if, if you make plays, the ball will find you. I don't get that at all. Like you make plays <laughs> when the ball... After the ball finds you. you. Like, yeah, right. when the ball finds you. Not like, what, are you going to you know, make a play without the ball? Like, you don't play defense. I'm very confused by the whole Tavon Austin uh, rhetoric this week. I kind of think maybe what he means is like, if you give yourself on the team a reputation for making plays, then yeah. you get the ball more. Like Josh throws to you more or. Yeah, but you haven't uh, had that reputation for 12 years. <laughs> right, right. Now all know. of a sudden. Bottles yeah. my mind. Yeah, now yeah, sudden, I'm not in it because it's gonna it's, gonna click. it's not like right, and it's not like we're saying yeah, like it's gonna click. And I'm like, what I like, what's this 40 time now at the age of 32? He's not what right. he used to be. <laughs> right. I, I I hope it works out. I hope he finds some fountain of youth or something. But because you know whatever is good for the players or positive for the players is obviously good for the Bills and the ultimate goal here. So, uh, but it's it's just it was just an odd odd train of. of dialogue and tweets this week about Tavon Austin. <laughs> Tony, we got about um a little less than two months before training camp kicks off, as you mentioned. But the Bills are starting early a little here. The Bills are going to a lot of camps. Uh Josh Allen is going to George Kittle and Travis Kelsey's tight end U as a quarterback, of course, not as a tight end, even though he probably would be a darn good tight end with his athleticism mm-hmm. and his size. I kind of um, think so too, yeah. And we have the young Bills edge rushers, Groot, Boogie, and AJ at Von, Mills, Von Miller's Pass Rush Summit. So obviously it's a good thing. The, the, the team camaraderie, the young guys learning from Von Miller, as we mentioned in past podcasts, Josh Allen, probably just going to tight end you to 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 party a little i'm guessing at this rate and throw a couple passes i don't like the company they're in i guess is my concern the fact that josh allen is going to tight end you the other quarterbacks that got invited were trey lance fine also zach wilson i i don't like zach wilson picking josh's brain or communicating with josh or finding any tricks of the trade through josh also in von miller's camp i guess it's good that the, the young bills are getting past rushing opportunities uh a little concern though 
about AJ Epinesa and not for his play on the field in any way or that he's attending this camp and the video of him at the camp he's wearing like aviator sunglasses while he's doing the drills and I'm scared of what that means again this is always just us looking looking way too much into things but yeah nobody else is wearing sunglasses Matt clearly he's hungover clearly (laughs) That's the only conclusion, right? Yeah. What else? What other logical explanation would there be? Right. I'm hungover at the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit. Right. Yeah. That's out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Why why not? Right. A bunch of guys here. We're all learning pass rush moves and playing Edward 40 hands at night. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happens at these things. No, I think you're 100% correct. I think it's, I think it's Edward 40 hands in the hotel room. When I see Von Miller, I think, well, there's a guy that's running an Edward 40 hands program. With some pass rush sprinkled in. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Happy to see these guys, obviously, um, going that extra mile to learn the, uh, the tricks of the trade, if you will. I'm happy about it because... The world, what, how the way I picture it going down is that, you know, Von Miller barely knows these people, but he kind of knows them. You know, he's been playing with them. The brotherhood is forming. But I am happy about it in the sense that what I assume is happening with Boogie and AJ Epinesa and Groot is that they all have this mindset of, well, it doesn't matter what Von Miller asks you to do. You say yes to Von Miller because he's Von Miller. Right. Yeah. And I am just in a state of appreciation that they have that mindset of respect yeah, I think towards, a, point. A, towards um, a, a living legend. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I forgot to ask you too, since you're a, a big boogie stan, we know you, you ride with boogie. Um, yes, I do. You excited about the weight loss? Um, he, I don't he, know. Shed, he shed about 20 pounds from last season. Yeah. Looking slimmer, looking a little quicker. What are, what are your thoughts about this? I'd like, I'd like to get your, your perspective on a little less boogie. <laughs> My perspective is that I think it's a good sign in that he's going to be more of a more of a fixture in the defensive line. He'll be active a lot more games because I think that it, where he kind of like made his space was being a flex guy. Like they played him inside, you know, right. a fairly good amount. You know, they like that position versatility. And now it looks like they're saying, well, Boogie's here and he's sort of above position versatility in this rotation. We just want him to be the best edge rusher he can be because he's in, in that fold now. And so it makes me also kind of think the, the D line is about to get, is getting a little bit more traditional of your big boys in the middle and your edge yeah. athletes on the ends, especially so, yeah. with the likes of Daquan and Tim Settle in there. And right. that's not room for what, for what, you know, Boogie's bringing to the table. So they just haven't shed the weight and he's going to be outside only. It makes me kind of curious about, well, I guess not. I guess, do we think we're keeping five edge rushers? I do. Okay. Do you think who would be number six? I think they have to. Yeah, I think they have to as well. I I can't see them cutting any of those guys, honestly, at this point. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Of course, we're talking group Boogie, AJ, Vaughn, and Shaq Lawson. Yeah, I don't see any of those guys getting cut. I don't like it for the fact that it doesn't leave any room for our guy, Mike Love, but I guess it is what it is. I think it could. I think it could leave a little. I think there might be room for Mike Love. The practice squad, sure. Well, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, there's always a chance when when you add love in the mix. There's always a chance, Tony. Oh, lovely. Remember Eddie Yarbrough? <laughs> he was cool. That's a hallmark card. Oh, steady Eddie. Love them. Yeah. Did he have Played a special talent of like playing the ukulele? <laughs> yeah. I just said. I just said. It. Yeah, play the ukulele. Yeah, I know. Um, Tell you what, you show up. You show up to a college dorm in uh, the middle of summer with a ukulele ready to play. You are like a lot of college kids. You are top man on campus. Yeah. (laughs) Playing playing the ukulele in the quad. Yep. 
and go ride your unicycle around campus. Nothing better. Did you have unicycles on campus? Well, no, but I remember there was like a kid or two that I remember we could like see not them. You like, particularly? Did no, your school yeah, have unicycles? Yeah. Uh, they were not public unicycles. There was no public unicycle program, but there. Oh, that's a shame. There were a, there were a couple of kids like you, you. You you would see a couple of kids on unicycles around around every once in a while. I don't remember ever mm-hmm. seeing a unicycle at Ohio State, and that's it seems like prime unicycle territory. I want you to finish up our Bills news. This week was National Best Friend Day. A lot of best friends on the Bills. We always talk about the power rankings of Josh Allen's best friend. But who is, in your mind on this roster, who is the best BFF on the Bills to his teammates? Like, who's the one guy that everyone... Of course, it's Josh Allen. We all know this. But yeah, not named Josh. Who is the one guy you think could be like the ultimate BFF, the one guy everyone gets along with, everyone wants to hang out with, that can play to a lot of different personalities or adapt to a lot of different personalities. Who would be your choice in honor of National Best Friend Day this week? I would say I look straight to the defensive line and the friendship that has formed, and it's a rekindled best friendship of two guys that like to eat together, Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good pairing. They do like to eat I together. Mean, they do like to eat together. As they listen and I to, look, uh, what's the song the Steelers play? It's escaping me. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know the name of that song. Renegade. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the, yes, yes. As they listen to Renegade. Uh-huh. And become a classic gif that we can all enjoy for years to come. And did. And now they're back. And, uh, <laughs> and now they're back. Yeah, now they're, just, the now they're back. back. So it's like. So it's like Shout they never left. Musical. Right. Uh, I look to that um, friendship. I like it. I like yep. the way that they played on each other. I like the way they came back together because of each other in my mind. Yep. It will blossom. It's a lifelong friendship to only blossom more. Love it. Love. Good choice. I would have to go with, I'm, I'm just going to go with a single person because I think this guy is someone who just gets along with everyone just based on his, his jolly personality and... I mean, he's mildly funny, I think. Like, I guess this qualifies two people. One, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh-huh. I think Isaiah can just play along with everyone. And he's in on the yeah, joke. He's a little dirty. And he's a little dirty. Yeah. Right. Uh, the other guy I was thinking was Deion Dawkins. I think Deion Dawkins could be a great oh. BFF to anyone. Okay. Yes. I I would agree with you. I think, I think Deion Dawkins is out there enough and gregarious enough to uh be universally liked i agree he also i mean this is quintessential bff territory in terms of people getting along with you he started i think what has to be the only trend on the team now is adult braces <laughs> yeah if i you mean have adult look. braces that means adult braces equals fun to me <laughs> there's just no other equation see i just i just look at that as part of the bigger picture of uh the emphasis on oral hygiene and oral health overall that the team is embracing the bills do between, embrace oral health yeah between steph stefan diggs uh having to floss the frequency mm-hmm. of adult braces yeah who knows yeah group who knows we had dan invis- Dawkins. right Duke who Johnson? knows what invisaligns yep. we have in there we don't even know you can't even see them <laughs> right Half this team team could be invisalign. yeah that's right wow you just blew my mind Shout out Invisalign. Forget tonight's hearings. We got this is a conspiracy to unpack big time. Yeah. Is the entire Bills roster wearing Invisaligns? Wearing Invisaligns. Man, Parkway definitely is. A million dollar smile doesn't come natural. (laughs) Maybe retainers. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. A lot of, but I mean, you could choose anyone really on this roster for who would be a great BFF to each other. Tony, what do you say we wrap it up though? Do (laughs) Um, it. That sound you hear? 
That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozies starting at just $5. Check out all the cool designs. There's a great Bills one. There's a great American one for 4th of July coming up. Check them out. Cans, growlers. They got a koozie for everything. Starting at just $5. www.travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store. T-E-E-Spring.com. Search Way Not Funny. All one word. And also announcement. We kind of teased it a couple episodes ago, but... Our t-shirts are coming to the Built in Buffalo website. So you can also check wow. them out very shortly on builtinbuffalonews.com. Check the website out. We'll link it when they go live, but that should be sometime early next week. So we'll let everyone know, but that's big. But TE Spring in the meantime, search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Support the podcast. T-shirts cheaper than anything else you'll find out there, but they look awesome. They're a great talking point. For your next tailgate, your next Bills party, your next whatever game you go to, buy a witty, not funny t-shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, tank top, anything, support the podcast. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network at Built in Buffalo underscore. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're finding podcasts are to for free. Search Built in Buffalo. Search witty, not funny, all one word. Give us a like, subscribe, review. Show us some love. Greatly appreciate it. We always say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we thank you. Tony, Twitter handles. Where can listeners find you? You're going to want to go to at Tony Ambrose. Yep. yep, that is true. That is a true factual statement. Yes. Um, follow Tony at TonyAmbrose.com slash the internet. No, just Tony Ambrose. On your telephone, you search oh. for the blue square with the bird outline in white inside. Yes. Then you click on the bottom, the magnifying glass. On the top, press search Twitter, uh, at which point you will mm-hmm. have to go click the right. one, two, three on your iPhone's keyboard. Uh, click the at, which is signified by a lowercase a. I feel like you have that written down in case you forget <laughs> how to find your own Twitter. Yeah, now, for the, listeners who have, for the listeners who have rotary phones, Tony, how can they get to you? <laughs> okay, so what you do if you have a rotary phone, <laughs> you're going to have to dial my Google Voice number. Goodbye so it's area code 213. At, uh-huh. at Woody Sports 716, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. We'll follow right back. We love connecting with Sabres, Swords People, Bills Mafia, the Buffalo sports community out there. Uh, also, Facebook page. Also, TikTok at Woody's Not Funny Sports. Give us a follow anywhere. We'll show the love right back, like I said. Let's give the listeners a parting gift before we go. Tony, All right. what outside of the sports realm would you suggest for the listeners this weekend or this week? Uh, well, I'm glad that you asked uh, without any prov- provocation. Uh, <laughs> I, have been en- I have been enjoying a show that I will recommend to the listeners. It is on, uh, it is on Showtime, but I'm watching it through some streaming networks. Uh, the show is called I Love That For You. We're getting towards the end of the first season. Uh, it's a show that stars and is carried by SNL's Vanessa Bayer, co-stars with okay. SNL vet Molly Shannon. Ooh. And the preface is this, Matt. I'll walk you through it. Vanessa Bayer has had a lifelong dream of being a regular personality on a TV home shopping network. She's able to realize her dream and 
skyrocket to stardom as someone who's selling stuff on a home shopping network uh, because she has told the home shopping network that she has cancer, but she does oh. not actually have cancer. Oh, oh that's and it follows and it follows the inner office happenings of the home shopping network personalities and and those that work the, and those that work with them. So I think that this is like really where Molly Shannon hits her stride as mm-hmm. the character that she plays when she narrates parades with Will Ferrell and just like, right. you know, that kind of super likable by every middle-aged woman, non-controversial. And it's also sure. how they navigate being stars in the minds of the kind of upper middle-aged women that spend a lot of time watching Home Shopping Network in their world. As a big, um, it's as super- a big Home Shopping Network fan myself, I'm surprised I didn't hear about this. No, oh, yeah. Uh, it's really, it's, it's super funny. It, it's well put together episodes. I like a lot of the characters. I like the direction they're taking. And I recommend that show it. Uh, I love that for you is my partying gift. I love that for you. It's on Showtime. Yeah. And a lot of streaming networks. Okay. Well, I'll have to check that out. It's a, it's a great suggestion. My partying out, gift Matt. is, uh, I will check it out. Add it to my watch list, my queue. My parting gift for the listeners is also something you can watch. Uh, I'm going to go with the Disney Plus the Disney Plus movie, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. I, I have seen it. It is fantastic. It's not... Oh, okay. If you have any thoughts of the Elvin and the Chipmunk movies from years back, where it's like very whiny, high-pitched voices and chipmunk voices, this is not it at all. Uh, Chippendale no. are voiced by Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. It is written by... The Lonely Island Crew, mm-hmm. and it is a celebration of animation. I guess is a good way to put it. <laughs> the premise is it's very meta in terms of what the premise is. Like Chip and Dale used to star on a show called Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Now they're out of work actors, or they retired, and they have to get back into mystery solving in, in some capacity. I won't ruin the plot or anything or spoil anything, but it, the the jokes are just, of course, if you have Mulaney and the Lonely Island crew, the jokes are very geared towards their typical audience, right? Sandberg's typical audience, Mulaney's typical audience. It's very funny. Early on, Dale is like introduced, and he gets like a he's he's CGI, but. Chip is still regular 2D cartoons and talk about like how he got, he got the CGI makeover. There's a lot of references to just all kinds of animation and so many characters and so many Easter eggs and the jokes are very meta. Like I said, it's, it's very funny. If you're a fan of Mulaney and Sandberg and Lonely Island and all, you'll enjoy it, even though it's, it's made for kids. Like the jokes are very geared towards adults. So that is my suggestion uh, as a parting gift. Chippendales and Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. I Not saw it. I kids. enjoyed it. What I liked the most about it is, like you said, with the Easter eggs, like there were so many other Disney characters like of the era that, that we might have been watching after school or after daycare or, or whatever, right. depending on how old, how old we are. But, you know, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was in my regular lineup. So it was definitely, yeah, definitely. Of, of an era that I remember and I appreciated how in the movie, you know, like the web branches out from there, from them. And I could enjoy right. seeing a lot of characters uh, being a part of this. I liked it. And it's a, it's something that I enjoyed while my kids enjoyed as well. So I mean, that's always a win for a, a parent like myself. So Tony, that's uh, our parting gifts. That's our show. Send off for the listeners. We can do that now. Listeners, keep on talking proud. We'll see you next week. Talking proud. As I always say, go Bills. 
and stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.